For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Determination comes in many forms, but always starts with a Dunkin' Run. So take your medium or larger coffee in one hand and grab a dollar donut in the other. No matter how you run, Dunkin' Run. A one dollar donut with any medium or larger coffee. Excludes specialty donuts and fancies. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? Welcome into... On my block podcast this year, I'm your host, Mike Green, along with my good friend, Kimmy Mike Wall. Man, Mike, how you doing? Good, buddy. How you doing? Man, doing good, man. This crazy, busy last week. I think I had four days with two back-to-back and then two back-to-back later in the week of working fundraising concessions at Brewer Games. So that was interesting with my players. You know, they're doing the whole old hard blue-collar work serving the fans of Brewer Stadium, and it was nonstop work. Um, it was more like training camp first two days for us. You know how that training camp was that first two days of pretty much hell of getting beat up and battered. That's how it was working the concession stands <laughs> with less contact, <laughs> more getting burnt by the grill. Yeah, man. So how your weekend been going? I was there last week. <laughs> well, like we, like we just saw my, uh, right. it's always, it's, it's always a new experience with me and computers. So I have two computers that are too old to be operational. I think Apple's. They must be going through some updates or you know, coming out with a new product, man, because both my laptop and my desktop like shut down completely this weekend. Had to switch one out. The other one's still kind of messed up. So right. a little bit touch and go right now. We'll see how it goes. Man, yeah, I know the world because, like I said, I was walking into my computer last week and for our running show stuff, I went in there and it seemed like all of them were gone. And I, I could only find one. And it was like one from two prior episodes. So I was like, all right, I got to edit. What episode will we on? You know, because I'm I don't want to remember things. I, I like to have it right there on the screen where it should have been. But hey, it is what it is. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So alrighty, we're back to things now. We're getting to some uh OTA time. Um, and with OTA, that means there's some cuts going on. So we had the Packers release kicker JJ Molson and undrafted free agent old lineman Jameer Johnson. Um, with, and then also with the injury settlement on top of that. So now the roster is back to 89. And then they signed Georgia Tech. A long snapper, Jack Coco. Great name. Keep one in the holster there to get 90 for uh, for mini camps, I believe. Right. right? Yeah, that number there is, is always it's like the stock market. It's going to fluctuate up and down before trading camp gets here. And this, you know, we're to be diving in, talking about what GMs and what players and coaches are doing in offseason. So this is one thing that coaches and GMs are doing during offseason is balancing that roster before the regular season. I say before training camp, 
so they could figure out okay we want we need this many people at this position or i want to see this kid here or i want this kid that's a free agent now let's get him off the streets let's get him in this in this locker room so we could start developing um developing them and see where they could fit in on this team so that leads into our first question so what do you think the offseason is like for a as a player um these these i say in these times because we know how it was for us Ag, you know it's it, it's like you were just saying the the general manager the, the personnel guys they're placing bets right mm-hmm. that's what they're doing they're placing bets right now and, and what a perfect segue perfect to our bet online partners Ag I love our it partners our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all the latest sports developments including updated odds on the NBA NBA playoffs are banging right now very are amazing going hard. <laughs> are amazing to watch right Luka Doncic is good and all that it's all blah 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 the Warriors are amazing right Wiggins ducking on him he gave up the good saying he got some bunnies that's what Luka said he got bunnies, bunnies. that means he got that was eyes. a great response to like getting posterized like I wish I had those bunnies that was fantastic right. anyways NBA and NHL players Major League Baseball fights and even the next uh season's NFL futures which we talk about all the time bet online is your continued source for all your sports wager needs including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to your website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, it's where the game starts. So now, before you read that, the question was what do you think the offseason is for as a player today and what they're doing yeah. and when they go into OTAs? What is that player's mindset? You know, AG, it's, I, I saw this uh, today they were talking about because Packers started OTAs today. Mm-hmm. And obviously Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. And then, every, you know, they, they want to make things of this. So I wanted to kind of break this down with you and talk about different stages of our career. I think we see this a little bit differently, right? Because, yes, 100%. 100%. Because when you're, a, when you're a young guy, so there's there's three stakeholders here. Well, maybe four. There's the, the owner, if you have an owner. Yep. You know, who wants to, who wants to make sure that their, their guys are in their work. And then you have your, your general manager. So you have your personnel side, you have your coaching side, and then you have your players. Mm-hmm. And everybody kind of has a different role to play in this, right? And I, I heard the argument today. Now, so if you're if you're a young player who doesn't know the playbook, doesn't know how to get in their stance, doesn't know how to make, you know, doesn't know the language, you probably need to spend more time in the building because or d- doesn't know like recovery modalities, doesn't know that you have a sports nutritionist now, doesn't mm-hmm. know that you, you know, we have virtual reality training. Like you need to be in the building to learn all that stuff because you have to develop your way of kind of conducting business, your way of being mm-hmm. a professional. And, and all this information is going to help you in the long run. Whether you decide that what the team has or what they don't have is right for you is, is another question. But it's like if you don't have the information now, it's just, you know, stage one of unconscious incompetence, right? Exactly. As you move forward, and you start to make these decisions as a player. Okay, what's best for my career? Because right now, most of the contracts, and we just saw J.R. Alexander, we'll talk about it, it has a fully guaranteed, con- guaranteed yeah. contract. Yep. Most of these contracts aren't fully guaranteed. So no. until until the player knows that they have like the job security for the next five years, and that's going to be a high-end player, obviously, every single year they're looking at, like, if I'm not the best version of me, and I don't perform as the best version of me, mm-hmm. then I have a chance of getting cut. Right. And if I am the best version of me, I maybe have a chance of getting re, you know, renegotiated my contract, depending on how they stack their their their, uh, how the they stack their salary cap over the over the last couple of seasons with re- right. renegotiating their cap and moving money around. Right. Yep. Yep. So so the incentive for the players just to become the best version of themselves. And what floors me every time we have this conversation is if the incentive for the player 
is that they would need to be the best version of themselves so they can perform, make the most money, have the most success. Mm-hmm. They would be in Green Bay, in Cleveland, in Seattle. They would be wherever they think that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no incentive, in other words, to not show, there's no reason to not show up if they think that being in the building in April, in May, in June, before you know, before training camp starts your life, they actually thought that was the best place to be, best place for them to be, they would be there. Right. And what floors me is you get these general, have these general managers on ESPN today, and he's talking about how they're building relationships right now. Hey, it's such utter nonsense because to build relationships, there has to be some sort of like you can just kind of have casually say hello and whatnot, but it's got to be more than that. There needs to be a strain in the time, the, the timeline. If you're not playing for four months, it isn't that important right now. If the playoffs are for nine months. It's not that important right now. Right. And what we need, and what we need to understand is, and just for the general public, like if if it was that important. For players to be there, players would be there, and they without having the incentive of what we always see, AG, as roster bonuses or workout bonuses, right? Correct. So all, like a lot of these people will say, "Oh, you know, I don't care if my guys are there or not," but then they're like, "You have a two million dollar roster or workout bonus. You have a five hundred thousand dollar workout bonus. Like right. all of a sudden, I'm going to show up, right?" So if if that incentive wasn't there, you take that incentive away. It kind of tells you what a lot of veteran players, at least, think about actually being in the building during this time. Yes, exactly. I mean, 100% agreement on a lot of what you said. And for the stages, I remember back in my career. So, you know, I'm getting drafted to Seattle. And obviously, I was I knew right away what the spring ball was for or OTAs was for. Spring ball for in, in college, but OTAs once you got to the league. And it was like for me to basically get a head start on training camp. I knew right away, okay, I'm coming from a very simple offense where we ran left, ran light, right, option offense, basic. Don't have all these audibles. Don't have these checks and reads that I got to do with the old lineman. Um, not running routes out the backfield. Very rarely. More fullback than running back at Nebraska at that time. So I knew my learning curve, I had a long way to go. And yeah. so that was year one and year two in Seattle. Year two was even like more of another learning curve because then whole new coaching staff. Dennis Aronson and his coaches fired because we didn't go to the playoffs. And now Mike Homer comes in with the offense that we both um, prospered in the West Coast. And so then I go from a, a number system where it was 892 was the it was the play or 689 was the play. And I'm like, in my head, OK, what's the numbers? Brown yeah. trees. <laughs> yeah. So and I learned that. The number system for everybody who doesn't know is that that's like the X, Y and Z. So 892, eight for the X, nine for the Y, two for the Z. Didn't know that my obviously going into it. But then once I came out and but right before training camp, I kind of knew I knew it, it had to snap in. If not, I was going to be sitting on the bench or fight, you know, or cut. So I was like, all right, between my mini camp of May of 1998 into June of August of 1998, I knew that I had to know that or it was like, I'm out. So I figured that out, was taught that, asked some wide receivers, okay, what is this route tree thing I've heard about? I played at Nebraska. We we barely (laughs) – we ran the ball literally 90% of the time. So teach me on this wide outs. Please help me out. So if you guys are AAG – this is a nine route. This is a six route. Da, da, da. I'm like, OK, thank you. So that helped me. But then later I get to Green Bay, you know, that's year three. So now ascending in terms of years and career. But then also I'm now second year into Coach Sherman's offense. So that helps me as I get to Green Bay after a trade. But then I'm like, OK, I already know some of this stuff. Some of it's OK. It's like right there fresh from my brain. And now it's like, OK, now let me go out here in this not only prove to you guys, my new teammates, that he is worth this trade, but then also let the coaches know he knows his stuff. You know, I know three jet, I know two jet, I know Fox two, Hound two, 
protections. I know what that means. I know what the time call was. Um, jam check 30, all that stuff now is clicking. Boom, 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 boom. And then year four, year five, year six. Year six is then when I'm in the mini camp and I'm being, you know, I'm, I'm joking around. I'm being joking to Sly, to EB. I'm like, why are we here? Right. And he's like, what? I'm like, okay. I understand for the rookies. They got it. You got to see them, see where they're going to fit in. I'm in year six. I'm in year seven. I know this whole playbook. I can run it like Brett, you know, other than having the throw power that he does. But I know the checks. I know the audibles. I know what the linemen need to know and see before I do that. Why am I here? Y'all just want to see that we're in shape. They like pretty much. I'm like, just say that then, you know, because yeah. um, I know I knew just like you knew this. I, this is the type of shape I need to be in in May. This is the type of shape I need to be in in June. July and August is where I don't want, I want to be peaking in October. I want to hit my stride. I say, I'm going to just be in conditioning shape. So when y'all have us run the gasters, y'all want to see who passes out, who doesn't, whatever. Okay. I'm for that. But this is sometimes taking years off our career because then soft tissue injuries happen. You want us to go full tilt trying to impress people, impress GM, whatever. That's sometimes coming into the fray of trying to get us out there. But I'm like, just be real. Just, just tell us, look, Rookies, yes. You know, third, fourth questionable guys that are like bubble guys that are floating around like, okay, if this guy plays and if he does well, he can be here. And if not, he could be gone. Just just have those guys ready to go. You know, those are the guys that need to be on the field. And least give us veterans that we know the game offensively and defensively. Maybe just give us some time in coaching. Be like, hey, we can help out with the running backs. That's a great know. point, too. Yep. A great a great point because you never know something until you can coach it, right? Exactly. I mean, you never truly know something until you can coach it. That's, that's actually a really interesting a thought process of, okay, we're going to bring you in. But but take all that away because I'm in the same boat you were. I was part of an option offense, right? And I didn't even get because I was something little draft pick. I didn't even get my first year of, of minicamps. So right. like my first real year of minicamps. And remember, in Green Bay, OTAs is different. We used to have three minicamps. We didn't have like four weeks and then six weeks and eight weeks of all this stuff. No, we so didn't. we were literally there for, in total, we were there for sixteen days. Yeah, I was going to say right 15, now, sixteen days. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and then if we were working out, it was literally we're going to go work out and then we'd go home and play basketball, go home, whatever. It wasn't and like go play, go we're going to go tennis. work out and then we're going to go sit. We're going to go sit in, uh, you know, play racquetball and then uh, we're going to play racquetball. Not, right? Yeah, it's not like now where they they go work out. Then they got to go sit in a two hour meeting. Then they got to go meet with their coaches. Then they got to go do this. It's it's just. What 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 is is and I listen. We all, you know, the, the the personnel guy I'll turn back and go. Well, they, they make a lot of money. They should do this. It's like okay, but you also are. There's nobody under the same amount of stress as a player during the season. It's a high stress job, right? There's a, yeah. there's mental equity and there's physical equity, right? And you're draining physical equity every time I have to travel for no reason and I have to put myself through something for no reason. I'm draining physical equity. Every time you make me sit in a meeting for two hours, four days a week for no reason, that uh, stuff I already know, you're just taking mental equity away from me as well, right? Correct. And it's just like everything else. I'm trying to build up that. So when I get to the training camp and I get to season, I'm so excited to see you. I'm so excited to see Flanny and Marco. And I'm so excited for the season. I've built up all this me mental, physical, and emotional equity. And it's slowly going to drain and reset over the course of the over the course of the season mm. i don't need to start with it depleted because i've been there for four months right and so that's where i think and listen i know that you know i know that gms and, and personnel guys and co listen coaches it's the best part of their day but they get to hang out with the players so like i get all of it but i still it really doesn't make a lot of sense and, and, to, and to both of our points i think 
listen, if if it really meant a lot to the players, like they really thought they were going to one up, and I'm talking about the veterans now. Right. If they really think they were getting better there, you wouldn't have to put workout incentives into their into their bonus into their bonus structure, right? Correct. Because they'd want to be there. So, I mean, just right there just tells you the players really don't appreciate or value the time that they have to spend for the four months before uh, training camp starts. Yeah, and it could be something like, okay, it's Green Bay. Who wants to be in Green Bay in March and April? Not, could be not a lot of people. That's true. I, but I was in Miami. Saturday. It could be anywhere. Right. You were in yeah, Florida. You were in Florida. Um, yeah. Weather's great, you know, but people are like, no, I don't want to be in the building. I want to do what I want to do. I know what to do. Some majority should know what to do now with themselves in all season to prepare for the next season. Um, if you don't, then you won't be playing very long. We all know that. Um, so <laughs> so we uh, we kind of hit on uh, Zaire going into that conversation. So right now the question is being paid that money guarantee, which is great. Um, that's something we we were our generation was just tapping on that that peak of mm-hmm. getting guaranteed we would obviously talk about it as a rep um in league meetings stuff like that but it was something we knew as players then during our time that we knew it was coming and it should be uh, a, a thing of you know everyday contract count negotiations guarantee so where does with his contract being fully guaranteed where does zaire rank in the league of uh cornerbacks at you know around the league oh, yes yeah, so- so, so for me, so Jair said, everybody who hasn't heard already, I'm sure everybody has, $84 million extension, $30 million, uh signing bonus, fully guaranteed mm-hmm. money, okay? So he's in and, – and the mindset now, I think, of the athlete changes because now Jair Alexander's like, okay, these guys, we're we're family for five years. For five right. more years, I'm, you, I'm part of your family. You are part of mine. I know you're looking out for my best interest because you're not going to play me if I'm hurt in year one because you know you have to pay me for four more years. So the conversation fundamentally changes now with with athletes. I'm not saying that that all of a sudden makes it so like I I want to come to offseason training or anything, but I I do think it does change the conversation a little bit because now the stakeholders are all completely aligned because my money is guaranteed just like the coaches, just like the personnel staff. Mm -hmm. When when you talk about Jair as as one of the top guys in the league, I think, you know, absolutely he's in that conversation you know, Jalen Ramsey always pops to my head is, is the guy who's kind of consensus number one. I know he slipped yes. up a little bit in, in the Super Bowl, but he, he's consensus, the, the number one guy. Uh, J.C. Jackson was amazing last year for, for New England. Now he's moving out to uh, moving out to L.A., so it'll be interesting to see what happens when he gets uh, away from Belichick. I've always been a huge fan of Marlon Humphrey. He's kind of been my favorite mm, quarterback. For maybe, yeah, and he was yes. hurt last year. But I just I love his body type. I love his 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 he's big um, physical. Yeah, he's just he's a stud, man. And then, you know, the the other guy that I was with down in Miami for a little bit is uh, X Xavier Howard. Mm-hmm. The, the kid, the kid can he's a he's a kid out of Baylor, and he can flat out play like he just find the ball finds his hands. And you know how this goes, right? Some guys, uh, some guys don't get a lot of picks because, quite frankly, the the quarterback doesn't want to throw to their side of the ball. And that's a right. good thing, right? Right, and mm-hmm. and some guys get a lot of picks, like uh, like Diggs last year um, for, uh, for Dallas. Dallas. He's yeah. getting a lot of picks, but he's also giving up double moves. All like he's also you know the highest pass you know was the yards per catch in, yeah, yeah. In, the, in the entire league. So there's guys that are going to get thrown to a lot are going to get picks. Now X is one of those guys, and I'm not saying he's the best, but X is one of those guys who's going to get his picks. Like he had ten one year, he had five last year because people are going to still throw it his way, but he's not getting beat. Like he's just one of those guys for whatever reason, they're just they. And it's probably because on the other side of him, they have another All Pro caliber player. They, mm-hmm. Like they're they're one of the top two you know quarterback matchups or duos in the entire elite. But but X is one of those guys. He's going to get his opportunities, and he capitalizes on man. That guy can just flat out find the ball. So 
I think Jair's right up there with those guys, but there's some really good corners in the league right now. Yeah, and, and he shares, so Zaire shares that same type of gameplay as uh, X does. He has yeah. that ability to play man, bump man, really strong. I've seen him do it. But then also have that conscious awareness, like you said with Diggs, not to get beat over with the double move. Have that patience of letting that letting that wide receiver goes into his route. And just as he drops his hip, or you kind of pause. Zaire is not, I mean, Diggs is not pausing. He's like, I'm going to break on this interception. But Zaire and X, they're sitting on that pause because then he's dropping the hips, then he's coming out of it, and then he's able to break and use that speed to catch up with him. And that's a, I said, that's a, a trait about a defensive back you got to have because if you don't have that, then you have that ratio like with uh, Diggs. You have that, yes, does he have a lot of interception, but that big play ability, um, big play for the receiver over top and the quarterback over top will happen if you get too aggressive. You can't have that aggression, or I say that aggressiveness, once you get hungry with, you got six, seven picks. Be smart about it, and that's where good DBs know how to play that game of making sure they stay. It's like being at the the roulette table or the poker table. It's like, all right, I got to pull out. <laughs> I can't, I, I can't get stuck uh, looking at the going against the um the uh, the dealer. That's yeah. not a win. You, that's not a battle you're going to win. You got to know when you got to pull out and be and be patient about it. Let your cars pull, come up when they're ready. And I and I think uh, I think if you ask if you surveyed you know coaches and players around the league, the guys that really follow that position. You would probably they probably say the same thing about a guy like about a guy like Diggs who who had a great season. I'm not taking anything away from it, but mm-hmm. I think the respect level really comes in to guys who have both sides of it, who are not only you know taking making the picks when they have the opportunities, but are really just shutting down guys that maybe the quarterbacks don't even want to throw their direction because they're not going to be able to lose double moves. Like that really is a big deal. The feast or famine idea for a defense really is on the one hand, like you get a great a bunch of stats you get on TV, ESPN's going to call your name a lot. On the other hand, you're hurting the team a lot if you, if you make those kind of plays. So congratulations, Alexander. I mean, a fully guaranteed yeah. contract, if we're talking about anything right now, fully guaranteed contract is just massive. And, and for that that, uh, that kind of money, when you start talking about, you think, you know, you really start sitting here and going, you know, everybody makes good money in the NFL. Yes. But now the, the numbers are, it's like your grandkids' grandkids are going to be able to, you know, feel you the right. effects. Correct. Feel the effects of of guys just really making out well deserved money. So congratulations to him for sure. Yeah, congratulations. I mean, do things right, put in the bank, and keep playing ball. But then when you're done retiring, being smart. You know, I wish I had the time and the thought process of what you did, going to get the hedge fund degree, going to England and do what you. I was like, dang, I should have talked to Mike Moore. I'm like, I was still smart and did some things, but knowing that because then. That looked at me, not that, not that looked at me. The way I looked at that was like, he is learning another craft if he didn't know. Because I always saw you reading books on the mag, you know, magazines on the plane when we we're traveling, and then I could see the process of what you were doing. And once I saw that happen, when you went over to England, do that, I was like, so now he didn't pretty much picked up another craft because that's what he's going to be in charge of after ball. So I commend yeah. you on that. No, I yeah, but you know, th- yeah, but I I would say this, man. Like, and the the important part about any of that is you continue to grow when you're done playing. Exactly, right? and, and and we both did that, and uh, mm-hmm. most of the people that we know did that. And, listen, and you have to. We, That's the thing. We, you have we, to. Yeah, you have seventy years of life left, hopefully, right? So yep. We stack. We put a in this society. We put an incredible amount of value on money, and certainly we don't want to see anybody go broke. After they after their careers, mm-hmm. but the most important thing about when you're everything's said and done, it's not about the money you made, 
right? It's, it's about, it's about the reputation that you hold. It's about what you think about yourself in your career. And then right. it's about how you're going to treat the rest of your life. Like how, it, it, what your priorities are, your priorities are your family. You go take care of your family. Priorities yep. are going to, going to find another job in another industry. That's what you got to do. But yep. whatever you do, you want to be able to attack it with the same passion that you did with this sport, which is really, really difficult. But hopefully, yep. you know, you get anywhere close to there where to call our lives a success, right? Yeah, exactly. But I think it's a, yeah, it's definitely part of the transition. You know, when, when players come out of their professional athletic background, um, that's all for core here in the U.S. football, baseball, and basketball, and hockey. So all in that realm. So next uh, question here. So you dropped in here. What are the top? Three, four positions. So three, four defense um, positions now in a, in a, in football that you have to draft high or pay high yeah. in uh, free agency. Yeah. Or, sorry, I didn't mean three, four defense. Just what I was just saying. You know, traditionally, oh, okay. you know, there's there's three or four positions. So what are we talking about? Oh, right? gotcha, gotcha. Qu- quarterback. Usually the court quarterback, your blindside tackle, defensive end, and cornerback. That's what if you ask mm. a general manager, it's like those are the positions that we're going to pay premium dollar for, right? It's and I'm just wondering. Game. Yep. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm just, I was just, you know, kind of curious if you thought there was other spots now, and it doesn't even have to be a premium paid position, but like a, a safety could be a running back where it's like, it's just pays to get a guy, maybe it's a third round pick that, you know, you can make, make work out now, but is there, what's the, what are those spots now where if you can draft the right guy, mm-hmm. you're just setting yourself up for success? Yeah. So you said quarterback, interior, offensive line or defense? So it's, it's, it's blindside tackle, quarterback, defensive edge rusher. And then cornerback, corner. Right. Those are those are the four where if you ask a, a, a general manager, they're like, "Yeah, man, we, we have to hit like first round draft picks. That's that's what we're gonna we're gonna spend our money on, or free agents. Like that's where we're gonna that's where we're gonna Correct. break the bank. Those are the high paid guys. Yeah, and and I'm 100 percent on board. Like even with the blind side tackle, it's really any online line because yeah, I think it is now. It's just yeah. total. Yeah, I say years ago, I say during our time it was definitely the backside tackle. Mm-hmm. Now it's kind of literally be everybody because it's it's about. I mean, I don't know the percentage, but it's a high percentage passing game where that ball nine times out of eight out of ten t- plays is going to be a pass play. Even yeah. it's a short pass um, who, you know, the short screens that they do or even five yard slants or it's going to be a medium to deep pass, you know, 10 to 15 or just a deep ball because of the speed that is floating around with some of these players in the NFL. Um, and we know right now the rule changes. And it had basically been a part of it, pass interference call, how it can get reviewed or changed, things like that. You know, ever since Megatron caught the touchdown and, it, you know, he scored, he's in the end zone, but he put it down. It hit the ground first. And that's it was right. think of, since that moment, that's when the game changed. And so with these positions, yeah, court, I say if you could get a quarterback. But the thing with quarterback is that's the glorious, sexy position. But they got to realize these kids can't come out of college slanging. 28 touchdowns and five interceptions in first year in year one. That's not happening. For it's any all other. about the system you show up into, right? Like it's like your exactly. staff. I mean, I, I'd say this: the geometry of the pockets change. That's why the in, you know interior offensive linemen, right tackles, left tackles. The the pay still is a little bit of a disparity, but a disparity, but it's getting a lot closer, certainly between guards and tackles. And the reason is the geometry has changed, so the, mm-hmm. the requirements for success as a, as a as a unit have changed. Um, yeah, you just. What's always baffling to me, and we talk about this all the time, AG, is, is we're so enamored with numbers and analytics because it allows yeah. non, non-experts to sound like experts and to, ha- to have Make it sound good. Yeah, I'm like, right? that That we value this this stuff maybe more than we should. We don't look at we don't look at guys out behaviouring other people in, in order to become successful, which you, you look at a Joe Burrow. It's like 
Joe Burrow wasn't the biggest, fastest, strongest. He's, he had to transfer in college because he couldn't get the, you know, he couldn't win the he starting job. He couldn't win at all state. Yep. And, and then you look at like, th- this dude is arguably top three quarterback in the league right now. Yeah. You know, it's just, and, and you know, he, did, he still keep, you know, he could move in the pocket. He could kind of do things that other guys just can't do. He's like, he just, you know, second coming Tom Brady a little bit as far as his yeah. pocket presence, his awareness, but he's actually on a, on a, a higher trajectory. He can do more at an earlier age, but you don't know why. You know, and just so we we had these guys this year, and they and we only had one first round quarterback drafted, but also you know Matt Corral for the Panthers, he could start this year. I'm not right. saying Malik Willis is going to start over Ryan Tannehill, but I'm not saying he's not either. By you know halfway through the season, if Ryan's struggling, you put him in and see what he can do. So you know, we're talking about it later. Trey Lance, you know, next, last year third pick in the draft, you know, didn't really mm-hmm. sniff the field that much. We had Justin Fields last year as well. Those guys, second year guys, we just don't know because every place has a different situation. Every coaching staff has a different idea on how to develop. And so it's, it's, it's a, that's what's so interesting with like a Stafford deal and now Russell Wilson switching teams is they right. used to always think we had to get those guys and draft and develop. And now it's like, wow, we can go trade for Matt Stafford and win the Super Bowl. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it's a whole different ballgame now. Like, I think everything changes. And obviously, Tom, you know, Brady went to the Bucks, but that was, that felt like a different deal because he's older. Yeah, he but, was. That was coming eventually. Yeah, yeah. So, so this it'll be it'll be interesting to see if Russell Wilson has some crazy success with with Denver. The year after that, you just see how many the, guys are going to get traded. The market, right? yeah, the nuts. market will yeah. shift. It will shift to like free agent quarterbacks in year ten as being pluckable. We want those. We want those. Usually, they don't because of the age. Um, and it's really, and we we have this conversation mainly because of fans, because fans don't really see sometimes why are they getting a Russell, why they are getting a Matt Stafford at year ten, year eleven, and the reason is why obviously they want that team needs that position, you know, they need that fill, or if uh, a team needing a tackle, needing a running back, or needing these certain positions, we talk about this because it's a necessity thing, even though they look good on on paper, you know, coming out of college or coming from the next team. Their stats are fantastic. You know, say for this, for example, hypothetically, you take Jonathan Taylor, who led the league in rushing, almost was the league MVP. Uh, most fans would say, oh, my God, you know, we want him. And but, but wait a minute. Do you need him? No, is the question. Right. You know, you say you want him because, yeah, he was a fantastic running back pro bowl. Led, you know, 1800 yards in his second season out of Wisconsin. He did all these fantastic things. But do you need him? Because you are gonna have to pay money for him. And that money spent is going to be money then that hurts you later on, as you talked earlier with free agency and the cap and all that fluctuation that you got to balance as a GM and your whole uh, scouting department and finance department. So, yeah, for fans, they get on the bat with, oh, we need this guy. We want this guy. Why, why we didn't get him? Oh, we hate the team. And da-da. No, it ain't. It, gotta, it comes down to sometimes numbers that you got to realize it's a needs and wants type of system before you be like, Hey, we just want this guy and, and, and shoot the and, and pull the trigger, and then all of a sudden you're two years later, you're struggling trying to pick up a defensive back that you need. So that's why that's why we're so lucky, particularly with that position to have two guys that are Pro Bowl caliber players. You know, yes. and they draft and they're both homegrown and they were both drafted. And, and I, I'll tell you the one thing that I'm really interested to see over the next five years, you know, talk about the quarterbacks and knowing that most of the good players are going to private coaches now. Yes, it'll be yes. interesting to see. Like Rashawn Gary is all over Instagram now with his, you know, he's got a private, uh, ed, you know, rushing, you know, pass rush specialist coach that he works with, and it'll be interesting to see if those guys start getting hired, or if those guys start commanding even more dollars and percentages of contracts or something like that, mm-hmm. because it, you know, it almost turns mm-hmm. into like where where are you really getting the development, 
right? Like, like if, right. There was a, if there was a team that was developing quarterbacks that was a bad team, but if there's a team that's a guy who had a quarterback guru and they just didn't have the rest of – like the rest of their staff and personnel guys didn't have their stuff together, but that guy all of a sudden be worth not $1 million, probably $3 million to everybody else. Right. So right. I think that that is that's that's what happens in other sports. It'll be really interesting to see over the next couple of years because the quarter acquisition is kind of sets the bar for everything else we do here in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how that goes along. Yeah, and we kind of had that with the quarterback position a couple of years ago with with uh, guys that were more quarterback gurus. I can't think of their names, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That trained the top ten or five quarterbacks of every draft going since from like 2010 to now, and mm-hmm. so they made a career out of it. They made a business. I'm not mad at them. So. Um, let's roll into trench warfare. You talk about the young kid, uh, Zach Tom, and him being talked about as the still of the drafts for the Packers. So, uh, can he be a day one starter, Mike? Yeah. So I, I really like this guy because we've talked about it before and he's got a great hip bend, right? And his yes. numbers are off the charts as far as athleticism. Um, he didn't play at an extremely high level of competition, being in the ACC at Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. I think that. He is a good sized, but not, you know, he's not an enormous individual right now. I don't know about a, from a physicality standpoint. I don't know if he holds up very well in year one against some of the defensive tackles that he's going to see in this league. Um, mm-hmm. Just from a size standpoint. And I think that, I think that Sean Ryan's a, a good player in his own right. I think he has a lot of great qualities. We talked about his, we talked about his ability to get his hands inside and work with his feet. You know, I think he's still maybe more likely to be a day one starter. I don't know if he's beating out any of the guys that we have on the line right now, especially when Nolan Jenkins comes back. Mm-hmm. But I would say that I think Zach Tom, I think, you're, you know, I think you're on to something when you're drafting for traits like they do in Green Bay and you think you're going to be able to draft and develop. And, and if, if they've proven anything over the last 20 years, they can draft and develop linemen. So I, I would be really excited about that guy. I'd be excited about both these guys, but I'd be really excited about that guy because he's got some he's got some tape that jumps off. To me, he jumps off the screen as far as athleticism. Yeah, it's just you know having that, like you said, hip 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 hinge bend, but then also having that ability to you know use his hands in yeah. in a tackle situation because obviously you want to know how to use those hands and not hit the padding button when you are using your hand when you're losing a guy. And that's the biggest thing with O-linemen and blockers in general, not just O-linemen, but having an O-lineman that understands that at the college level, even though, like you said, Wake Forest is not, you know, competitive team, but then not playing against other competitive teams, but then also at least having his technique down coming into the league that it can only, you know, transcend up in that area because that is the biggest thing. And then for all these rookies really coming into camp, and as we you know, talk about Sean Ryan next, is having that confidence, that confidence that got yeah. them – to the collegiate level, keep it because then you're going to need that confidence as you learn and develop here at these OTAs into the next couple of months and then into training camp. Make sure you have that same confidence. And if you don't ha- have it, find it. You have to. There's nothing wrong with getting really confident about your game because it's going to keep your job basically once you get rolling. So the next guy is uh, the other young tackle out of UCLA, Sean Ryan. Um, where do you see him at in his uh, development, his journey getting into uh, the starting roster or just playing? Yeah, just same, same, same idea. I mean, I, I really don't think, you know, if if I was if I was placing bets, I don't think any of these guys are going to start day one, uh, just because I think we have a good offensive line. Yeah, uh, very good. Guys, are, yeah, yeah. I, th- today. I, I think you know maybe there's one position that's up for grabs, but um, you know, listen, the the kid from Ole Miss last year, Royce Newman, played well, and, and he's only going to develop from a physical standpoint. You know, if anything was holding him back last year, it's probably just his his general body physique and in his you know strength and power. So. 
I think an off season of weight training, I'm sure whether he went back to Old Miss, whether he's up in Green Bay, wherever he spent his time, if he spent his time working out, he's going to be probably five, 10 pounds bigger or five, 10 pounds more muscle. That's going to make a difference. And listen, they, they have some, some continuity there in that room. They have some continuity with the coaching staff changes. They still have the assistant offensive line coach in the room. Uh, being the head guy now, um, you know, yeah. the, the offensive line coach. I think the probably the biggest deal is that Adam Sedovich is the coordinator now. Adam right, Sedovich knows true. exactly what it – yeah, from an offensive line standpoint, there really couldn't be a better thing unless your head coach like ours was Mike Sherman was offensive line coach at heart as well. Correct. But when your offensive coordinator is yeah. an offensive line coach, you feel really good about yourself if you're an offensive line because they're not going to put you in positions to be unsuccessful. Right. right. So if you're not having success as an offensive lineman in that situation, it's because you're not playing well. That's exactly. the only reason. Yeah, and with you know, with his background being an offensive lineman himself and being an offensive line coach, he just knows, like you've already mentioned, putting the lineman in best situations to win. He knows the run game. He knows how to set that up, and then having Matt Lafleur basically handle the pass game offense, then there's not a lot of pressure on him to try to do that on side of it. What he will be able to do with Matt, with a uh, Matt Lafleur, is with the pass game, put the lineman in good blocking positions for the certain pass plays, as we know the Packers. Um, run so many different variations of pass plays out of run front of uh, run run formations you know double tight end but it's a pass it's a passing formation um slots moving a lot of motioning that they do with Alan Lazard and they did with Devontae so they have that so that's going to be the benefit and hopefully you know with the big loss of Devontae we'll start to see once the season gets here we'll see how that hopefully can benefit them you know come the regular season because I think it could be a big deal so right check out some of the stuff around the league AG so <clears throat> the first thing I had on here is, is a lot of people were just talking about what's going to happen. And I think George Kittle commented about it yesterday, as far as, you know, who's, who's going to be in there, Jimmy G or Trey Lance. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, everybody's always questions Jimmy G ever since he left new England, he got hurt the first year. And it's just like, God, the guy went to a super bowl. He took him to the NFC championship last year. Right. And yeah, he's blown it in a couple games, but I know some other really good quarterbacks that haven't played that well in the playoffs either. Silence, exactly. right? So it's like exactly. It, but when you it, the, the 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 damning or the interesting or however you want to think about when you take the third pick in the draft and spend it on a quarterback, that kid's playing. And yeah. it's not like in, in every other operation in your life, if you went and spent a ton of money on something you didn't want to use anymore, you go, "That's a sunk cost. The money's gone. I can't do anything about it. I need to make the best decision now." Mm-hmm. But in the NFL, they don't think that way. Like all these, we just don't think that way. It's like, no, we spent the capital. We got to use them. You know, it's, he yeah. might be ready. He might not be ready, but we, we have to use them. So I'll be interested to see if he gets, I'll be interested to see if Jimmy G, if he's still on the team. And I think it sounds like he's going to be, if he gets a, like a real chance. Cause I don't think that Trey Lance can realistically beat out Jimmy Garoppolo in training camp to the point where you're like, oh, he's definitely the starter. I think it, it just doesn't seem like – it seems like they should get rid of Jimmy G, even though um, even though both the coach and the general manager say, no, no, it, it doesn't really make sense for us to do that because of how good Jimmy is. Right. Yeah, I agree because the background that Jimmy has, you know, being in New England, learning that patience, learning um, why, by watching uh, Tom Brady in front of him and being under Belichick – just being a professional at his job, being prepared, which he has. You know, he's not the mobile guy, but he's quasi, he's somewhat mobile, but he's able to throw good passes and uh, get the ball out and make conscious decisions of where he goes with the ball. Trey Lance, just nothing wrong with him, just hasn't been on the field a whole lot, you know. And went to a small school. Like, Very small school. Right? Doesn't, North doesn't North have State. a ton of experience, right? So it's it's yeah. a little bit of, uh, well, shoot, man. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of like the guy's ceiling is – unquestionably higher 
athletically from all yes. it sounds like from a personality everything he's doing is he's saying the right things yeah and when you have that level of athleticism you're always going to get that second third fourth look but gosh man it's like you have a proven guy you've been to you this guy's gotten you pretty far man are we saying he's that much of a problem like it just right. it's it's hard it's a hard one to swallow it's interesting it's interesting um we don't know where the internal uh battles coming from there but we know it's like this it's like okay you just got, I say as an EGM, you just got to make up your mind. All right, who are you going to roll with pretty much? And uh, and the reason why and go from there, because as a player, as players, we're just like, you know what? We we don't care. We're going to support whoever is our starter pretty right. much. That's how we look at it. So from an administration standpoint, who's paying the bills is like, y'all make up your mind. We're going to support either guy because we got to We're here to play, go play, play ball because we love it and we want to win. So we cannot be against the guy starting in our quarterback position because that's not going to that's going to un- conducive i can say that you, you and i you and i specifically would would probably vote for trey lance because that means we're going to be doing more rpos so <laughs> so for me that for me that means more run action and for you that means right. more more carries yeah. so I, mean, I think you're right so we, we would be a little bit prejudiced but yeah, a little bit a little bit a little bit all right so what, so do, you, what do you think about this one man we got george kettle was talking yesterday and he said and he said uh you know the travis kelsey it's just you know fact of the matter not paid like an elite wide receiver, which Kettle says that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, because, well, because look, you know, uh, Tyreek's making thirty million now. Devontae's right. making twenty-eight. I mean, and look, the Titans just don't make that much money. But true. it really kind of, to me, it was like you just said it. And George Kittle is a true tight end. George Kittle can do Straight anything you want him end. to do on the field. He's he's probably the best true tight end in the game right now. Mark Andrews yes. might be the other guy. Brock's getting a little bit older, but he was a guy too. But he was the but, guy too. Yeah, he was. He, he was the guy for for a decade. Yeah. But but Kelsey to me is just a big. He's just a big wide receiver. He can't block. You know, he's he's not a, he's not a, a do everything player. He's an yeah. incredible player. He's an incredible mismatch. He has good effort. I'll say that too. Yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong. Like he's a Hall yeah. of Fame player, right? He's a Tony yep. Gonzalez type player. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. Yeah, I don't know if you agree. With that. I think he's like he, to me, he's just another Chiefs Tony Gonzalez. Like he's that. He's that kind of talent. He's that kind of talent with the ball in his hand too. Like guy can play. Right. Yeah. But I, to, I, to to Kittle's point, I think Travis Kelsey should be paid like a wide receiver because it's exactly what I think he is. And the plays they the packages I've seen Kelsey in over the last five years, or is it four or five years he's been mm-hmm. starting for the Chiefs is in that where he has his you. They're doing reverses to him. They're doing inside screens to him. They're doing handoffs. He's been at fullback pretty much, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So yeah, putting packages together that uh, Eric Bieniemy is doing there at the, as the offensive coordinator, they're using him as an elite guy. And so being a tight end, being a guy that obviously more is a grinder and knows in the trenches along with the old lineman. Um, blocking but then he runs his routes well but then he's doing all the wide what the wide receivers do and so that is uh i say that's something that <laughs> i say handle between definitely travis and whatever his contract is due he could bring that uh to the table um that's a good argument point for him and leverage that he could have versus the chiefs in terms of if he has another season like he's been producing um catching running blocking um blocking and doing his job for the for the chiefs he's been he's that dangerous tight end that you know He's going to get matched up because the formation is going to equal out to where he's on a linebacker that cannot keep up with him. Then there is a problem. And then he's on a DB. They do a screen and that DB can't tackle him by himself. And then that's a problem. So they've done a good job over the years. So, yeah, that's a good point uh, to to try to see what they're going to do with him in terms of contract once he gets to that level. And it would be interesting to see, honestly, what 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 life looks like without Tyreek Hill. 
Yeah. Taking the top. They, they have some. They have some other fast guys, but Travis, Travis Kelsey is is now by default the number one option Literally. for the Kansas City Chiefs. So it'll be interesting to see how you know what kind of year he has. I'm sure he'll have another great. I mean, I think he's a great player, but it, yeah. it will be interesting to see. Yeah, I just I think he personally probably will be the same production. It's just that offense overall is yeah. going to be the question because the only one now receiver is Michael Hardeman that has the breakaway speed, not both of them. And then having Kelsey running around because everybody else is worried about Mako and uh, Tyreek Hill. Now you got Chalvis. Now you got one less person. So now more eyes could go on at number 87, yeah. running, running, the, running the wide receiver screen or running an inside screen or even getting the ball in the handoff. So, yeah, it's going to be, be it's going to be interesting. I love it. So let's get on to get off my line. Uh-huh. And I mean, I saw this stuff on my Instagram and yes, I know sir. you saw it, too. And you read about. Nick Saban having a little, what is he? What I could call it? He a little pat. He mad because the enemy, the, the NIL stuff, the stuff that you, I know you, we talked about it, um, not too happy about. And but is if it's not managed properly, I agree that it's gonna cause problems in the NCAA. But Nick Saban goes here and says that. Let me read this quote. I mean the post here because Dion. So Dion Sanders is a part of this. Because he gets dropped in the, the name bag, says so. Prime post on his Instagram says, "You best believe I will address the lie that Coach Saban told tomorrow." So I was awakened by my son um, saying that that sent me the article stating that we play, we paid for Travis Hunter Jr. I guess the cornerback mm-hmm. that was highly touted out of the South and went to Jackson State, where Prime is coaching a million dollars to play at Jackson State. And as as people, he said, as we people, speaking of African American people, you know, we don't have to pay our people to play with our people, you know. And Nick Saban is just letting off some steam, but I think it's untimely, just a little bit because, and just know your facts, just know the facts before you complain about something. I think that's where he messed up. He didn't have all the information to try to point blame somewhere and trying to say Jacksonville did this, but there's other schools doing that too, and him just being not the top recruiting class of this past year. I think that yep. kind of put a bone, uh, I say a, a thorn in his side, which he's a competitor. We all know that he is a competitor. He didn't change that offense. He didn't change college football because of the team he's built down in Alabama over the past almost 20 years. So I think he just, come on, Nick, get off your line. You got five, six championships. You're doing well. You're only, you were still in the top five of recruiting. <laughs> let's he's top two. There. I mean, listen, right. seven, seven, I think he's a seven-time national champion. He's right. he's the best. He's the best college football coach in the history of college football. And he he made a mistake in, in singling out Texas A&M in particular. And and that's where it started, a, right? With, yeah, uh, Jimbo and make, with Jimbo Fisher, and then, and then making a statement about that five-star that, that uh, Travis Hunter that went to uh, Jacksonville. Um, and never, never here's here's a real easy thing: never accuse Deion Sanders of recruiting a quarterback using money to play quarterback. Because that's the dumbest thing. It's like, hey, the best cornerback that ever walked this earth, and you're going to say that that guy needed to get paid to play under him? Are you out of your – but the the point is Nick Saban was trying to make a point that NIL is out of – He's trying to make a point that that NIL is out of control. And listen, whether – you know, we we agree that I think he did a poor job of it, but NIL is out out of control. These agents that are coming up and and now trying to leverage schools versus one another – Using yep. NIL money is despicable. It's deplorable, yep. right? You, you have 17-year-old, 18-year-old kids that are not fully functioning humans and adults yet. And so we cannot ask them to make these decisions. We're allowing agents to take advantage of a situation. 
That was right. not designed. The intention was not that a team would market themselves based on NIL money. But we know Lincoln Riley is doing it at USC. We know all these teams are doing it. It's not illegal. It's not even – we don't even say it's immoral. It's right. just not what was intended. And this Correct. is what happens when you have legislation overriding the NCAA and the NCAA feeling like they've been neutered and they can't do anything about it. It's right. just a damn right. shame. Yeah, it just Nick, you know better. Just get the information right before you say it and go right. from there. So, and this next one up here, I've been kind of peeking at it. I don't want to get Bro. caught up in the, the the drama of Johnny Depp, my daughter, yeah. Amber. Oh, that's how you got into this. My daughter's like, you got to watch this, man. Johnny Depp, Amber Heard thing. Didn't he so sneeze or something? He like no. There's so one of them. Like, listen, if you haven't watched this, it's so we got worth, Johnny Depp, Amanda Heard case going continue continuation yeah. basically. Here's here's the thing. It's so glorious because it's on TV. It's streaming on TV. And you go, yes. how the hell is this streaming on TV? And some of the other stuff isn't streaming. And it turns out that in certain states, certain counties, TV cameras are allowed in the courtroom and some aren't. This one happens to be in like some town in Virginia or some county in Virginia where you can do these things. Wow. It's a $50 million defamation lawsuit. And listen, let's not get into details about it. 15 but I'll just or say 50. 15 50, or uh, 5 0. 5 0. Okay. But, but I would be so like, it's, it, it obviously seems like because it's in Virginia, it makes you think, well, they've done this on purpose. They wanted this on TV. They, they're trying to they're trying to jack their careers up, trying to get, you know, they're trying to boost their careers, and this is how they're doing it. And we're all fools for watching it, just like the damn Kardashians. But it's working. Like right. you go on Twitter today and look what the number one thing is. I bet you, I bet you it's this. Like I yep. just I this is the society that we're living in. It is, it is. I mean, I'm I've only peeked at it only because my wife was watching it on TV. I'm like, is this thing sure, still going? Sure. I thought it was... Yes. No, for real. I'm not <laughs> watching this, Mike. For real. I just, I'm just, i like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I just watched the... She, uh, Amanda's this and, or Amber's this and that and Johnny's actually a, a nicer dude than... I'm like, look. I was like, this is just, just change the channel. She got me sucked in one time, Mike. I will no, admit it's, to it's this. Hard. It's hard not to. Years ago. Years ago. Right after I was done. And so I took a, you know, that first year, usually guys take a year, which I did, 09. I got sucked into flavor, flavor, flavor of love, flavor, flavor. When he did his reality show, sucked me in. I think he did five seasons. I watched all five seasons, and oh, then after yeah. that, I said, "I'm done." No, he's so a, I didn't he's get sucked in. Amazing human. I used to go to the bowling alley in Vegas, and he'd be bowling next to us, and I'd be like, "Flavor, flavor." I mean, dude, he had the watch on. Be yeah, like, he's, uh, dude, he like he lived like he lived that life. Like, he just, did he? He's, yeah, I can he see that. Vegas. He'd have a, he'd have like a harem with him, dude. It was. Oh man, so yeah, that. I'm not. I learned my lesson then. I'm not doing it, and so Kardashians either. I was like, nah, I can't do it. Only thing I I give I commend them on respect is they know how to make money. That's yes, one thing do. I do respect about what they do. That's it. But in terms of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, it's unfortunate. Obviously, this is what fuels society and entertainment. Um, I hope they come out mentally and physically okay. But that, because this is not, this is not fun to watch. To be a part of that is in there, but it, to watch it as uh, fans, as fans are doing, is what it is, bro. <laughs> Let's get this um, last one, man, because this one was phenomenal. Hey, can you put this on video, please? Oh no, this is not. I wish this was a, this was a, it was a live show. But you saw that you, you clicked it. Did you watch it already? Oh, I see. I, listen, there's there's three things that happened. So, Ag, go ahead, go ahead and talk about the the Best Buy because it was amazing. All right, man. This was right at. So I'm on the same day. I found the Dion stuff and uh, Nick Saban stuff. I find my wife posted this video up. Actually, it was I I, sl I went up his uh scroll. I scrolled on Dion's account, and then it was the next post. He said, <laughs> and the post goes wherever whoever. Is the defensive coordinator for Best Buy? I applaud you. I applaud you because 
you are good. I told my coaching staff that Best Buy needs to be one of the stops <laughs> on our recruiting trip from now Fort on. Tackling, dude. They have, is legit. They have talent in there. Hey, Best Buy, GM, please give me a contact with me ASAP. Please get in contact with me ASAP. I like what you're doing. The zone coverage is running awesome. And then not only the zone coverage, but at the end, the young lady with the offensive line skills. Now, you mm -hmm. tell me. You watch the video. What's her What's her uh, technique and her, her ceiling her out high. at? Yeah, her ceiling's high. Listen, there's there's so the Best Buy guys killed it. Right. And then, like, and then, and then two days ago, there was a I think it was a Premier League game, and during a, a, a stoppage time, a woman ran out on the field and just got leveled by a security guy. Ooh. Okay, I'm talking level, right? High tackle though. If it was rugby, he would have been he would have been put in a sin bin. It was okay. What is sin bin? Slap your head okay. on the floor. But it was. But as far as like violent tackles go, it was pretty good. So security guards two, bad people zero this week. Yes. But but there's a ex there's an ex Denver Broncos receiver. He's playing in the Canadian Football League right now. His name is okay. Brendan Langley. Okay. He got in an argument with like a United Airlines security guard. I don't know what it was about. But right. Somebody turned on the video. Uh oh. And they square up. And Brendan Langley's a real athlete. And this is what people don't understand. He, mm. he might not be a boxer, but he's an athlete. This We're security weapons. guard, who's who probably took an online course, squares up on him, and they start kind of mixing up a little bit. And then Langley's wife or girlfriend's like, "You need to stop." He puts his hands down. This dude sucker punches him. Langley doesn't go down. Langley doesn't. He barely blinks. He just looks over at his girl and he goes, "Did you see that?" And they hit this guy with a two piece, man, and dropped him over the security counter. And dropped him. Oh my so goodness! I'm talking about the hit of the year. I mean, just dropped him. It's all over. It, yeah, it's all over social media right now. So Tell Best Buy was an all-time high for security guard. This yes. dude, this dude needs to just know your role. What the rock say? Know your role and shut your mouth. Yes, I've. Oh man, yeah, it just it just boggles my mind where people really think that we will not react. They don't know us they know they think they know us because we they see us on monday night football they see us on uh nba tonight they see us on major league baseball sunday night edition or whatever but we're, we're, we're when you look at it like you said we are trained we are physically fit at the we're one percenters and so what we could do yeah it's not boxing we're not boxers but we are in the shape of a boxer are we technically <laughs> technically not in that area no but we know how to protect ourselves and you're going to tell, you're going to say stuff, do stuff to provoke us. And we have, everybody has that given right to protect our personal space. You violate that personal space. You will find out very quickly and swiftly. As we, you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago with uh, Mike Tyson and the, and the stuff on the plane, you know, where that guy was going with that. But the girl in this Best Buy, the blocking skills, I just, mm -hmm. I just want to know where you at for the bro. That was so sweet. I don't know I if she like, gets a contract. I don't know if she gets a contract off of it, but I was super she impressed. might, man. At least, at least arena ball. At least arena, least ball. arena ball. I'll at tell least. you what. I, I want to be clear on one thing, though. What's we that? are not just. I, I can't speak for everybody, but I'm just going to speak for myself. Right. Now, I did boxing. I think in boxing, Muay Thai. Me too. I, I am boxing. not a fighter. Now I can fight. Like I have been in fight. Like, yes. If we I have to fight, we'll fight. Right. But if you put me up against somebody who can actually is a fighter, oh no, I am not a fighter. I, I, none of us are. So Johnny Morton showed this probably the best. 
he did MMA like two years after he retired. He was all rocked up. He goes into the Coliseum and got knocked out in like 16 seconds. Right. I can tell you from experience that I I, I was messing around with the, the national heavyweight champion when I was at the Naval Academy. He was a senior. This dude, and they used to do the old jack shots and they'd fight like this. This right. dude hit me like eight times before I knew what was happening. Oh, so yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just telling you, like we looked the part and if you're just a regular person – like the security guard who was 50 pounds overweight, you're going to have a bad day. But I just want to reiterate, like we're not tough guys. Right. If the real tough guys don't even talk about it, they just do it. Nope. Right. Exactly. We're, we're over here like, oh my God, he got the security guard. The real tough guys are like, okay, that's not even funny, man. Like I right. kill that dude. <laughs> yeah. It's a silent but deadly types you got to look out for oh, and, or don't mess with yes. the ones that say very little. So man, that was amazing. So yeah, like you said, uh, Best Buy, get on up there and uh, help uh, filling out some rosters there. But uh, we're at the end of the show uh, presented by Best by Bet Online. Thank you for being our sponsor. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at amongreen30, all one word. And Mike, let them know where they can find you at on, on socials. Yeah, Twitter, MikeWall68, process to perform on Instagram. H E a pleasure as always, man. Yeah, always fun time to talk and uh, catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You've always had what it takes to make it happen, and we know the right tools can make it easier. At Strayer University, we're always thinking about new ways to set you up for success. That's why we give you a brand new laptop when you enroll in a bachelor's program, so you can start off on the right foot and keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Eligibility rules, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.